on. Now, here's what I know. I guarantee it. Of the 10, 10 of them, you mark my words on this if you do it, 10 of them who say to you they will go in-network, won't call anybody else. Five of them won't call anybody. Of the 10 of them who call you, five of them won't go anywhere else. Because at that point, the drama and the whole fucking charade of even having to call you is like overwhelming for them. It's like, oh, fuck this, I ain't going through that again. And, and you think I'm being stupid when I say stuff like that, but you've got no idea how big of a deal it is for somebody to call somebody like us. They've plucked up the courage, they've, they've, they've done all sorts of stuff to get to you, they've had 15 minutes of back and forth with you and they're like, I'm not going through that again. No way. This is the Paul Goff Audio Experience, business lessons for physical therapists. My name is Paul Goff, former professional soccer physical therapist turned successful business owner and best-selling author from the UK. Each week, we answer your questions and bring you an inspiring story or person from the global physical therapy community. This show is dedicated to sharing with you everything you need to know to become hugely successful in private practice. Thanks for joining me today. Now let the class begin. Hello, podcast listeners. It's Caitlin, your client success manager here in the Orlando office. I help members of the Paul Goff community with any questions they may have and ensure they have a great time at all of our events. Today, we are continuing Paul's stop with Roscoe Physiotherapy during the recent Five Cities in Five Days East Coast Tour. You will be tuning in as Paul opens up the training for a question and answer session where the staff asks him, how do I have a better chance to convert a patient? How do I have more confidence on the phone? And how do I handle no from a patient? So make sure you turn this podcast up loud if you have these questions as well. This is the last chance you have to sign up for our annual Sales and Convergence Bootcamp here in Orlando, Florida, where Paul will teach you how to double your front desk and treatment room conversions. It's happening this weekend, December 7th and 8th. Just head to paulgoff.com forward slash sales to book your seat. Can't wait to see you there and enjoy today's episode. That's my little kickoff. What can I do to help you? <laughs> what challenges and questions have we got? Um, Anything specific that you want to? Yeah, my, well, just going back to what you're talking about with more tactical like on the phone calls, um, you know, we're in this like in-network versus out-of-network self-paced space. Yep. Our leads come from everywhere, some hot, some cold. I'm really comfortable with gauging where they're at. Yep. But the question like for me comes when when they're not a good fit okay but i have this feeling that like i have to get them in like and then they schedule and then if they come they might not be a great you know fit to be here in the first place yep. or they found out they were self-pay when they didn't you know like all yep. these things yep. i don't know i guess my thing is like at what point do i say like okay this person might just yep. not be the right person to be here. Okay. I'll take this back a step. So if the question is, um, I'll, I'll, give me the exact question. So is the question, um, the how question do I deal is, with somebody? Because is if, if, they're, if they're unlikely to convert to being a self-pay patient. So right. they're a cold lead, doctor referral. Good. Doctor if they're unlikely to convert to being a self-pay patient, what do we do? One question. Another question that might be better is, what do we do to increase the likelihood that they will want to pay? See the difference? Mm -hmm. one, one, we're out of control, one, we're in control. So one is, well, how do I react and, and what do I do? Another is, what can I do actively to increase the likelihood that they'll want to pay, therefore makes your question relevant? That makes sense? Yeah. So there's always another question, right? There's always a better question to ask if we're trying to grow as people, as businesses, as employees, there's always another question to ask that the question or the phrase is, what's the question if I ask it makes the other question irrelevant? And in this case, it's what do we need to do? How would we need to have this business set up? How would we need to market it? How would we need to have our testimonials? How would we need to have our positioning in the town, in the community so good, so uh, tight, so narrow, so um, specific as to what we stand for so that no matter what, we are, whether it's in network, out of network, cash, whatever, that these people would want to do business with us. And if we start all of the conversations that you have from there, I would do that even if I was an insurance-based company, right? Even if I was 100% insurance, I'd still be getting all of my staff around the idea that whether we are in network, out of network, 
don't make any difference. What needs to be done so that this person wants to do business with us, has agreed in their own mind that they want to do business with us, all that is cash or out of network is a logistical checkbox at the other end. Now, that, that might seem a fabrication of reality in a, in a way it is, but my point is if we start there, you start to ask better questions and you start to stretch the way that you see the marketing, you see the phone calls, you see the experience, and you start to raise the game to a level that you never would have done had it just been, well, do we accept somebody who might not be a good fit? You following? So ultimately what will always determine whether or not somebody, and this will throw you a little, it's a, good, it's a great question. What, what ultimately determines whether or not somebody wants to be, will be a good fit in or out of network is you. Always and forever, right? And again, the minute that we, or I'll say this differently, the minute I let you believe that you're not in control of that, it's game over. You might as well chuck the towel in right now. And you'll, you'll get businesses, and you've seen it in the groups and around us. It's like, oh, but, but, oh, but this is it. Oh, but this, it's like, don't matter. Like, you've just given away your power and you're either gonna spend the next 30 years in a world of hurt where like everybody's kicking you and jumping down on you, or you're gonna step out of it and, and at least consider the possibility that you're in control of the way you shape the way people arrive at your business. Now, it's called preeminence. The thing that you're asking here, if you, the, the number of people that ring up and are debating over insurance or cash is directly related to the amount of preeminence that you've got. It's point number one in chapter two of the book, which is what do I know about you before you arrive? As in, what do you stand for? What do I know that Roscoe Physiotherapy stands for before I get to the point of having the money conversation with you, right? If I looked at all of the patients that you have historically deemed or labeled not a good fit, but you accepted them, there'll be probably nothing if anything, known about you. That's what you as the business owner and the team start to want to fix. If people are arriving, right, they've Googled us, they've searched us, they've just drove past the clinic and they've saw a nice sign in, a, in, a, in an easy building and what looks easy. Great, convenience. They've chosen you because of convenience. They haven't chosen you because they understand what Roscoe Physiotherapy really, truly, utterly stands for. So the real growth question is what then must be done or ought be done by Roscoe Physio to get as many people who call you as humanly possible to know what you stand for before they arrive, before you get to the point of the money conversation. Now that seriously begets a, a better growth question as to what are we doing? Is there any preeminence? What does the website look like? What, what does the social media look like? What does our newspaper presence look like? Oh, we haven't got any. What does our community presence? Oh, we haven't done much of that recently. We got going on a word of mouth kind of whim and people were obsessed with our friendly service and the fact that we were you know happy and fun and we got good results great that'll only get you so far then what starts to happen it's called a ripple effect the ripple effect is where picture a kid chucking a rock into a pool obviously you get your ripples the first ripple is very intense the second ripple not so the third ripple not so and the fourth ripple and the fifth ripple not so what's going to start to happen and i predict it to your business you'll be a victim of your own success and what will happen is people will start to go, oh, Roscoe Physio is good. I've heard Roscoe Physio is good. What's happening in the first, how long are you in business now? Just under two years. Beautiful. It's, this is bang on going to happen to you. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. This is coming. This is slapping you in the face and took me years to realize what was going on. The first two years of Paul got physio rooms, it was, Paul's amazing. I've been to see Paul. He's great. He's a great guy. Know his family. He's amazing. Go down. This is how it works. This is what he'll do. He's friendly. He's this. This is his cost. This is what he does. Best physio around here. Yada, yada. Right? Whatever shit they'll say. The intensity of that conversation is so deep that that person is in. So there's preeminence there given to somebody on my behalf. What started to happen after year two, exactly around about year two, year, you know, certainly by year three I'd felt it, was people were ringing up and they were going, um, how, so how have you heard about Paul? Oh, uh, my friend told me about you. So I was like, we're getting the same referrals here. Like we're getting the same thing. People saying, oh, I've heard about you. I've heard about you, I've heard about you. But what was going on? I'd become a victim of my own marketing, my own PR. I was obsessed with personal, uh, public relations. I was always in the newspapers. I'd created the thing that I wanted, which was when people thought of physio in any of my towns, particularly in Hartlepool, it was Paul Goff. But what that conversation sounded like was, I've heard of this guy, I've heard he's all right, give him a try. 
no preeminence. So I'd get patients then ringing up going, oh, can I have an appointment? Vicky would be asking them their question, how did you hear about us? Oh, somebody told me. So we're thinking, oh, good, they already know about us. It's like, no, no. What's starting to happen now is the second, third, fourth, and fifth ripple of the intensity of the conversation being significantly less. So you're getting people ringing up probably because your reputation is preceding you and people are now starting to randomly, oh, I've heard about, I think they're good. You should check these out. I drove past, uh, saw them here. A few different people. A few different people have mentioned you, but I don't really know much about you. So you haven't got the preeminence anymore. And that's where it becomes more important that when that patient does call, you truly find out what is um, their perception of you, where it's come from, if it's Sally Ann who comes here every week and she's recommended and knows the price and knows that you're out of network, then preeminence is, is, is there. Like they, they're there because they want, they want you, they want the magic, they want the love. But where you're gonna get a very successful business from is in your ability to take somebody who doesn't really know you, who's heard about you on a whim from a, I'm lukewarm right now, to 20 minutes later being boiling hot. And any time they're wrestling with I want in-network or I want out-of-network, yeah, look, you, your brain's going to go, oh, this is a money thing. They just want the cheapest. They, they're not really bothered. I'm going to encourage you to not rule anybody out and give everybody, unless they're rude, it's always been my mantra in my office, unless they're rude and they're like, well, this is fucking crazy that you just, what do you mean? you oh, piss off. Like, that person's got to go. But if there's genuine, oh, I'm a little shocked here. I'm a little spooked right now. I can work with that patient and, and we'll dig into it and talk about it. But it's first, it's important that you understand what, what I just said there, that when people call your office and they realize that you're not in network, I'm going to encourage you to assume that they are more than anything shocked and picture them. What? What are you you're out of network? What, what the hell is that? Cash? What do people pay cash for, 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 for PT? And if you start there, it allows you to build the, the, the thing that they need. You then begin to understand, and this was the bit that might help you, you you're gonna get caught up and all of you in a, in a fight almost of, well, I, I just wanna pay cash. Oh no, no, well, we, you know, we provide a great service and we give you a super bill and it's like, oh no, but I, I was just hoping to, to, well, what do you mean you're, you're out? And, and you start to fight with each other, right? And nobody's really in control of the situation. You argue your case to be superior clinically and you're better and you're going to give them one-on-one -on -one service and you're going to do whatever that like, you think makes you different. And at this point, you've just got two heads clashing because primarily you've got somebody who's shocked. I don't know about you, but when I'm shocked and spooked, there ain't much blood going to my brain. If I'm shocked or spooked, I'm frightened, I'm nervous. I'm in a situation where I'm like, I'm now defending myself. I'm worried about actually getting into something that I don't want to be into and I'm looking for actually more reasons to come away from it. So I'll become more and more irrational. I'll become more and more fucking stupid. And you're like having this conversation with somebody who could be actually a reasonably decent person, but is just spooked right now. That's because that's the reality of the situation that we antagonize them in that situation. And it's your awareness of it when it comes up. And again, there'll be some tactical things like having that conversation that says, hey, Look, I, I suspect right now you want to use Roscoe Physiotherapy, is that correct? Yes. All right, cool. Do you want to tell me why? What attracted you to us? What was it that, that you absolutely, you know, you, uh, Mrs. Smith, you had nine other, uh, I assume there's another 10 providers around here. They know that. They're not stupid, right? I assume you called us today for our reason. Do you mind telling me what that was? Well, I really like this or I, I liked it when I saw this on your website all right well if that's what appealed you to us let's talk about that whether it is the service whether it is the fact that we specialize in something that you want can we talk about that because I think would you not agree Mr. Smith that's probably what's most important unless and he's the kicker unless you're telling me that the only thing that you want is the cheapest possible physical therapy because if you do we're not your team however if you're open for a conversation that, and I appreciate right now that you might be leaning towards being a little shocked or a little caught off guard of the fact that we're out of network. But if you're telling me you want this, that we do, which you just have, can we have a good 10 or 15 minute conversation about that, about you, about what you want? And we'll come back to the money conversation in 10 or 15 minutes. Only one of two things can happen. Phone goes down, not your patient. Conversation remains, you're in. 
you have now 15 to 20 minutes to build your own preeminence. This is what makes us different. Mrs. Smith, tell me, tell us, look, I'm, in fact, Mrs. Smith, I'm gonna go and close the door. I'm gonna close the door. In fact, I'm gonna go and boil myself a cup of coffee because you and I are gonna have a good conversation for the next 20 minutes about you. I suggest you do the same. Now, I'm not saying these words, but figuratively, this is, this is kind of what I'm trying to do. It's, it's, like, it's like if me and you were stood in here now and we were going face to face, I'd be like, look, sit down. This is too important for us to just fucking, you know, get this over within two minutes. Sit down. I'm starting to exert a little bit of control of this conversation right now to make you feel better about yourself. I'm taking control. I'm taking the lead in this is what you need, to, you need me to do. Let's have a conversation about what you really want. You mentioned that you like this about Roscoe Physio. Great. So do most of our patients. This is what we stand for. This is what we're about. This is what we do. This is how we've gone from zero to, you know, however many patients a week in two years, which is phenomenal. That, we do it because of this thing. Now let me, tell, let me ask about you. What is it you're looking for? What are, you, what are you, in terms of a solution? What do you want to be able to get back to? I want to play golf, I want to do whatever, great. Do you know what? I had three golfers in this morning. They all play at this course, this course, and this course. All tell me about their real frustrations being this, this, and this. You know, the, the, the frustration of the golfer, can't hit the ball straight, can't hit the ball far, laughed at by his friends, can't make it to the 19th to have a beer, always whinging, always whining to the point where he can't even get on the course, has to stay at home, five and a half grand clubs he's just bought and not being used and 25 grand feet down the drain that his wife's now kicking him up the ass for because it's another waste of money. That's, that's, like, that's what they need to hear. That's the preeminence. That's the, oh, this is comfortable. This lady now speaks my language. This clinic's different. This clinic isn't speaking to me about tactical PT. You know, we'll do you some exercises and we'll do one-on-one -on -one care. Who gives a shit? You presuppose that that's what they think they want. They don't. They haven't got a clue of what they want. And it's safe for you to assume that. They don't know what they want. They want an outcome. That's the only thing that they do know, but they won't communicate that to you. The only chance that you've got is when you recognize it. So this is back to that. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And you've almost got to get to the point where you're feeling it and you're like, all right, I'm going to get mad. Like, don't, don't go there with me type scenario. Don't, don't get me into this fight about in-network and out-network. And it's like, all right, you went there. Close the door, sit down. Let's get this over with. Let's thrash this out. If you want to have this type of conversation, let's have it. First of all, what attracted you to Roscoe Physio? Assuming, by the way, like I said, if you only want the cheapest, we ain't your guys. But I have got three names of cheaper physios that I'm happy to give to you right now. What do you want? There's a little bit of certainty. Every one of my offices has three names of competitors right next to the phone. You want the cheaper provider? Paul's happy to give it to you. Please tell them that we sent you with our love. That's, that's basically what's coming across on the phone. But most people don't want to go there. They don't, they need to feel. And then they start to be happy. And, and this is what will get you if, you, if you if you embrace this. The difference that they're gonna to have to pay you is actually in the certainty in the way that you speak to them. That's really in the end what it will come down to. You pay, you, you, when you look at, you have a choice of two doctors, two dentists, two chiros, two whatever. The $50 difference in the higher one you're paying because it felt like they understood you better. Yes or no? All over the world. I, I, you show me your situation that you have paid more money than the other option that you had and try and tell me with a straight face that you didn't pay it because you felt as though that you were understood better, that they could meet your needs better, that they got you, that they sounded certain in themselves, and they just made you feel like that was the place to spend your additional $50. Nothing to do with the actual qualification, the skill, the thing. So you've got to get these patients to the point of, um, first of all, decide, are you in or out? If it's cheap, you're not our gal and you need to go somewhere else. Off you do go. However, if you're telling me that you're a little shocked and you're a little spooked by the fact that we're a cash type clinic, I'd love 10 or 15 minutes of your time to have a conversation with you about why we still could help you. We're gonna use permission-based sales, which at that point, and I think it's in the book, it should be if it's not, it should be, um, do you mind if we have a good conversation about why I think we can still help you. Based upon what you tell me you're looking for, I'll do my best to tell you why I think we're worth the difference. 
and you have to pitch your additional certainty, outcome, storytelling against the difference. You've got to acknowledge that yes, there will be a difference and I'd like to explain to you why I think we're worth the difference. So it's gonna be your ability to be preeminent for yourself if preeminence is missing. Said differently, the better that you get at marketing, the less work you have to do. It's just, it's bizarre that all of the clinics around the world right now who don't wanna do any marketing, which is by and large most of them, they're all a victim of their own problems. That all, all of their no-shows, all of their cancels, all of their PVA's crap, and all of their, all patients don't wanna spend money wars, by and large, are caused by a lack of anything to do with preeminence on the front end. That I wanna do business with Paul just because it's Paul. I just, I've read about him, I've seen him, I've watched him, I've read his books, I've seen his videos, I buy into his philosophy, or I don't. So there's very little gray area with me. It's like, I either really like this guy, or think he's a complete jackass. And I'm not really bothered which one. I just don't want you stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle is where you start ringing my staff and giving them shit, seriously. My staff love their job, and they cannot believe how good they've got it, because nobody, nobody gives them shit. In any of my businesses, not one person gets shit. I mean, you get the odd dick occasionally that falls through the cracks, but by and large, people who come on, they want to buy. They want to do business with us because the marketing is so good at ruling somebody in or ruling somebody out. So the preeminence in Paul's world is, is actually the thing that makes my businesses successful. So that's the first thing you've got to factor in. As a, as a company, as a bigger mission, how do we become preeminent? How do we become the place that people want to come to just because it's us. And then how, how do we, once we've figured out what that is, get that out? So that's a, that's a longer term, sort of monthly, quarterly, annual thing that you guys are, are thinking about and then communicating to the team. What do we want to be famous for? What do we want to be known for? What's the thing that really makes us different? What, what do we actually stand for in this community? And then the second question is, are we doing a good enough job of getting that out? If not, all right, what's the two or three steps that we can take to, to start that process? Just be one step better right now at being preeminent. And if we agree to do that every quarter or every month, the business is gonna get less of these types of phone calls. But just in case people do still have that conversations, which they're gonna, I'm not you know, naive enough to say that they're not, they're always gonna. You've just got to remember that they're well within their rights to, and why wouldn't they? Your job really is to recognize it that the preeminence has been, preeminence is missing. And we can add preeminence in any different ways that we want. We can do it on the phone, we can do it with a, hey listen, I think you're a good fit for this practice. Right now, doesn't sound like you agree with me. That's, that's an accurate representation of the situation, is it not? I think you're a good fit for this practice based upon everything you've just told me I think you're a good fit. Sounds like right now, you don't. Mrs. Smith, do you think that's a fair assessment of the situation? She'd say, yes it is. I just don't know if this is right for me, the, you know, the cost, and, all right, here's what I can do. I have a few options for you. You can come down on this visit, i.e. discovery visit. Let me tell you what that is. We created it here because we realized that a lot of people do want to do business with us. A lot of people do want to come and see us. Our reputation now precedes us. However, we do appreciate that people do have some concerns over costs and out of networks and confusion and just general frustration that goes with that. What we'd love to do is give you a chance to get $250 worth of healthcare for free on us. And it's our way of proving to you that we have what you want. If you like what you see when you come to Roscoe Physio and you think it's worth the difference, ask to be a patient, we'll gladly take you on. If not, we've got the number of three of the clinics, we'll happily give you them, off you go. That would be our way, right, of, of rescuing the situation. But what's important there is the way that I say it. When I say that there, do I sound like I believe in it? I wholeheartedly believe in it. That's the right next best step. In fact, I can't get my head around why anybody, and this is kind of where I live with a lot of things that I sell and, and, um, and a lot of things that I do in business. I believe in it so much that I'm almost like, why would you not? I, I, I just can't understand it. I genuinely kind of, Gra uh, grapple with, why, why would you say no to that? You'd have to be mental to, to not come and do that, right? And I, and, I'm, and I live that up there, and it kind of comes across in the way that I speak it, because I believe in it with so much conviction. So the patient picks up on it. 
because I genuinely believe it. That's like, give us a chance, slow this down. You want to do business with us. You've picked up the phone of me after all. I've took the time to understand you and I genuinely believe I can help you. But I also accept that there are a few concerns right now. And there are a few questions that haven't been answered. There's a, a little concern of the difference in the cost because after all, you're gonna to have to pay something anyway in network these days. Probably a significant amount of money. Come and have a, a comparison to work out whether or not you think I'm worth the difference. That would be option one. Option two would be, okay, let's slow this down. I'm gonna send you some stuff through the post. I'm sending you a book, I'm sending you my testimonials, I'm sending you a, a fact sheets, I'm sending you my stuff from the papers, I'm sending you videos, I'm sending you a DVD with 12 of the most frequently asked questions of all my you know, patients ever, with one answered by every single member of my staff. I want you to watch the DVD, I want you to listen to me on CD, right? Start your own fucking radio show and interview yourself. You know, this is Hermitage FM, and today's guest is Anthony Roscoe talking about health and what it takes to be healthy in, in Hermitage, right? And Marissa starts to ask you, if, so Anthony, you know, and just fucking put it on, like, in, interview, you know, listen to my interview uh, on how to be healthy. Like, the fact that it says interview makes you famous, right? That type of stuff. Ship a CD out with, like, that type of stuff going on. Get a hundred testimonials put together in a booklet, not one, not two, not three, a hundred overwhelming conclusive proof and evidence. Every one of them starts with, at first, I was a bit reserved about going out of network. At first, I was a bit pissed off that I had to go out of network. At first, I was a bit disappointed at hearing Anthony was out of network. At first, I couldn't even consider going to it. At first, my husband wouldn't let me. At first, my wife wouldn't let me. At first, my kids thought I was stupid. Like, all of the shit that, that any one of them could be thinking is in a testimonial. Whenever we ask for testimonials in this business, right, I was like, I'm not gonna tell you what to say, I'm just gonna tell you how to start it. Because that's the key. Whatever it says on the first line, whenever you see any of my testimonials, it's like, it's grabbing, it's grabbing the thing that I know the customer's like, the, the, the gra grappling over. At first, I wasn't sure that this would work for me because I'm in England, dash, dash, dash. And then I remembered that Paul's actually from England, dash, dash. like, yes, yes, this is, I'm serious, by the way. One of my biggest objections to buy my program, will this work for me? I'm in England. I'm like, are you fucking, are you for real? <laughs> but, but this is the shit that they come out with. Like, my, my friend from Sydney ref, uh, referred me, does this stuff work in Australia? I've had all of this. Their friend referred them, and they're still coming on the, their friend who's like a clinic 10 mile away, comes on the phone, oh, are you sure it works in Australia? How did you hear about me? Oh, my friend from so-and-so clinic who bought your program told me to buy it. I'm like, well, do you not think that like, he would have said it doesn't work in Australia? Oh yeah, I never thought of that, but they don't. And that's the point with testimonials. Back to what I said at the start of this, you have to start doing the thinking for people. And you have to start doing it, that if you're keeping, keeping on getting it, there'll be no better investment than getting 50 of your patients, get the best, glossiest, super duper brochure you can find, interwine it with health tips so that it's interesting, it's facts and it's all sorts of stuff. The more specific that you can get, the, this one's all, 20 testimonials about back pain, 20 about neck pain, 20 about whatever, all start with, at first I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed. You know, I, I just couldn't get my head around the fact I was paying out of network. Nobody in my family has ever paid out of network and I'm the first to do it. And it was the best decision I've ever made. They all laughed when I said I was going, like, just keep going. Because that's all of the things that are going through their heads. A nice box arrives in the post the next day with $50 worth of t-shirts. You know, we're waiting for you. With, you know, here's your t-shirt, wear it when you come in. Don't wait for them to be a patient to give them that shit. Give it to them. Because in the end, it's not the gesture, it's not the t-shirt, it's the gesture. And it's the mentality that I've had from day one. You will be a patient, we just haven't agreed when. Here's your t-shirt for when you're ready. Here's your DVD. This is what the clinic looks like. Hello, here's where you're gonna park. Here's where you're gonna walk in. Here's where you're gonna, we're, we're, we're mentally agreeing that you're gonna be a patient. I'd be willing to spend 20, 30, $40 on you because that preeminence is what turns you into a, particularly once they've started seeing all the, 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 you know, the testimonials and the case studies and all that type of stuff. Fat, anything, have you been in the newspapers for anything? Did you ever get in the newspapers? Just a couple of sports it, it would almost be worth getting in the newspapers with an article, right, on two or three things that you pay for, 500 bucks or whatever, 
getting a full page article, tearing it out, photocopying it, and putting it inside of like an envelope, inside like these types of things. You know, this is our clinic featured in the local newspaper. This is me on the radio. Like, da, da, da. You're, you're building that preeminence. You're building that I want to do business with you even after they've called you. So ideally, preeminence happens before they've arrived. But the minute you start to feel their uncertainty, you've then got to manufacture preeminence as fast as possible, which is where emails come in, follow-up phone, phone calls come in, discovery visits come in, workshops come in. It could even be that um, these people go in a, on a workshop for people who, are, who just don't want to pay, people who've got objections, people who do want to do business with you. Listen, what we do every other Tuesday is we get a gather of, of you know, eight to ten of our patients. Anybody who's got concerns or questions, we sit there for an hour and a half and we just take any questions that you've got. You'll be in a room with other people. If you've got back pain, I'll answer your questions. Our staff will be there. You get to come and see us. You're just, you're throwing them a line. You're making it easy for them to say yes. So hopefully that answers your question. And, and as always with me, it's not telling you what to do. It's kind of trying to help you see the bigger picture of how to tackle the problem that you've got, which is preeminence. Pre is always better. If you haven't got it and they're like, oh, I don't know who you are because my friend just mentioned your name, boom. But light bulb goes off in your head. Every chance that this person could be difficult. But this is the bit that I want you all to understand. If they're difficult, it's because they're uncertain, by and large. Most of the world are not, are not, are not knobheads, right? They're not, they're not out. They, they, you can't keep getting bad patients is the point. And if they keep coming in and they're giving you hassle, I believe in, in I just say it as though if it was my business, it's my fault because I'm letting you behave that way. And I'm letting you behave that way because I'm letting you feel uncertain. You, you get, um, you look at any, again, let's step out of it, any friends, any relationships, any friends, cousins, aunties, whatever, right? They become the worst versions of themselves when things happen to them out of their control. So my dad used to be like this, right? My dad was a complete bastard at certain times. He was great at certain times, he was a complete bastard at certain times. And one of the things that, as I've grown up, as I reflect on like time with him and various things, trying to get my head around it all, one of the things I realized was that whenever he was having a shitty time at work, he was a complete bastard to me and also my mother, right? I just, it was just like, my mum would be like, oh, he's had some bad news at work. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, shit's going to start getting thrown and, like, the house is going to go up and it'll be for sale and, like, all sorts of shit goes on, right? And it would just go like this it, for, like, 10 years. It was just a spike and then a drop and then he'd kick off and then he'd be nice. And I realised that all of the, the bad behaviour, if you like, from my dad was much, much more likely. In fact, it only ever happened when he was uncertain. And he was made to feel uncertain because of his job or... I remember when his sister died, it was unbelievable, right? Unreal, it was probably the worst I'd ever seen him when my dad's sister died for, for like being bad in the house. And at the time I couldn't work it out. And now I work it out, retrospectively, she was like his mother, like it was like a mother figure. So he'd lost that certainty in his life. And he'd lost somebody who kept him grounded and somebody who spoke to him and told him to like fucking shape up and do things and he respected her like massively. So like she was a rock to him that rock had been removed. Now, I, now you had a volatile 12 year old who was a 45 year old. He was just back to being a 12 year old kid who didn't know how to deal with all the pressures and all of the responsibilities that he'd got. So what did he become? The worst version of himself. I'm trying to give you a metaphor for how patients are. Most people are actually really good people. And I, and I do choose to see the world that way. We say things and do stupid things and we are irrational, but underneath it, we're really, really good people. And most of us, or most of the situations where you're seeing people that do things that just, you can't work out why, there is a reason behind it. And that reason is usually that they feel very uncertain. They're in a shitty marriage and they're worried about him or her leaving. They've just got kids are about to leave or the job's gonna get taken away from them or they're worried about losing their pension or the, you know, the retirement fund or something's gonna happen to them that's out of their control. And they end up spending their whole life like that, which turns them in to pretty volatile people. So what, what I'm trying to give you is, uh, when these people come in here, it's no different. If they become volatile, I'm not gonna say they become aggressive, but if they become stupid and just irrational and say things and you just can't get them to play a ball, accept that what's likely happening is they're, much like with my father, every time he was uncertain, he became a worse version of himself. I'm gonna just point that out to you, that if you've got patients that are coming in here, 
that might not be the best versions of themselves, it's because you're letting them feel uncertain about what's going on. And that's something that you can control. So you, your, your goal has to be to try and make them feel as absolute certain as possible, which I hope answers your question. That instead of do we cut them loose, the question is, are we doing everything possible to make them feel certain in what they're gonna get? Because we know if we make them feel certain in what they're gonna get, they are likely to behave better. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Because I mean, they answered no, went on doing everything. You know, and, and it's helpful because then you understand that that, that phone call isn't the, the the one and only, you know what I mean? Like that's not the end all be all or the, yeah. it, there's like all that pressure on that, <laughs> on that person. Do, you know, personally, when you get that call and you get that person and all of a sudden they don't convert and they decide to cancel that evaluation. You know, your question is, is that okay? Yeah, it's fine. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, but I mean, and I'll get off the phone and I'll say to them, it's, it's, it's like, fuck them, then it's, it's all right. But it's also like, you know. What, what might help you in any, who, who's on the phone, who answers the phone in here? So what might help you gals is um, don't put don't don't think that the phone call is the be all end all right. Don't think that it's like I've got this one chance to go on this one date with this one guy, and if I don't like look my best, speak my best, act my best, behave my best, like I ain't gonna get another one. Which again is a wonderful metaphor for for life, if you like, in, in this situation. That why do most dates why do most first dates go wrong? It's like we're already thinking about trying to get a second. It's like, just fucking enjoy the fast. Like, just, just show up and be whoever you're gonna be. Uh, the very fact that you're worried about how this is gonna go and what if, you know, the whole uh, bullshit of, oh, first impression, and if they don't like you at the first thing, that's it, you never get another. It's like, fuck off. Like, you, many chances as you want in reality, right? If you want it. Now, the point of the phone call I'm trying to raise is that you put a lot of pressure on yourself, much like in a first evaluation, to think, I have to get this right. I have to nail this. No, you don't. What if nailing it is we make a good first impression, we have a great understanding with each other after a 20 minute phone call that says, all right, your name's not on the calendar, but you're still open to doing business with Roscoe Physiotherapy. That might take three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, I don't give a shit. I have a system and a process in play that will very likely turn more of these no's into yeses. And this is what will happen to you. When you remember that, that, that I don't have to get you to say yes today, assuming that you've got a follow-up system in play and a follow-up mentality, it don't matter, it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. But when you start to think like that, you relax, you breathe, you're more confident in yourself, you're more certain, that flows, they pick up on that and it's like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Rather than a, oh, oh yes, quick, uh, uh, right, let's get your name on this calendar. As far, oh, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of network, we can't do that. Oh, and well, is that still okay? So holy shit. I'm not saying no now because you're out of network. I'm saying no, because there's no confidence on the end of this phone. This sounds like you're desperate to get me in. That's the predictably irrationalness of a human being. I start saying yes or no to the complete opposite thing that I actually call for. So you understanding that becomes less pressure on you. You don't have to get every single person to say yes. We don't want every single person to say yes. It could be that you admit that it doesn't sound like you're ready for us, but we'd love, love to do this, this, and this for you. We'd love to send you this. We'd love to give you that. We'd love to bring you down for a you know, VIP session or uh, meet the staff day or whatever, right? That's, that's the game. That's where you're gonna grow your business when you have that type of mentality. And never ever assume that just because somebody says no, that no means no. Nowhere. No just means I'm pretty scared right now or you didn't do a good enough job of showing me what needed to be said or done in order for me to feel better. For most of us, it's time. Think about your own life. How many times have you said no to somebody and you're like, oh shit, why not just say yeah? Like you've said no to a sales assistant. You've all gone into a store. Do you need any help? No, you put the clothes back on the rack and you bail out of the store because you're worried about getting sold. And you're like, oh shit, I actually did want to buy those jeans. Like, but now I feel like a complete prat and I then go back because I said no. It's like, it's just fucking head trash. It's just the shit that we all, we all do all the time. You'll say no regularly to people that you wish you'd said yes but you're too stubborn. Ego won't let you. Oh no, that first one thing, I, heaven forbid I show a little humility here and actually wake up the next day and go, you know what, Roscoe Physio, you were right and I was wrong. I'm, <laughs> could you imagine this phone call coming your way? Marissa, I've agreed with you right now. 
I was wrong, you were right, going out of network is the best possible solution <laughs> and I'd like to take you up on your offer. Could you imagine it? A year in. You know, last year he called and then he said yeah. about the out of network the and then this year he called back and I remembered him and we talked and, he, and I said, offer the discovery visit, if you can blah, blah, blah. I said, nope, I've been, I've been on your website. I pretty much told you, blah, yada, yada, yada. So this morning he didn't show up. <laughs> there you I go. It rang a ring and a half, which you know what that means. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, what we need is a process or a mindset in this business of that, that no doesn't mean no. And this becoming more regular. So what, what we want to start happen is more people who said no today come back in six months. You've almost got to become a, you're the anti to the dark side, figuratively. So I have this with the national health. It's like, all right, yeah, of course. Like, absolutely happy for you to go and get the free service. Just give us a call when you're not happy. And we'd like, we'd literally plant the seed that like, you're coming back. Just to let you know, we only exist because people are not happy with that shit that they serve up. Not those words, but that type of, that type of mentality. And it's like, all right, look, if you head over there and you pay a network and you don't get value for money, you don't get this, this, and this, and all of these things that we promised you, the door's open. In fact, would you mind if I give you a call in two or three weeks just to see how you're getting on? Now, here's what I know, I guarantee it. Of the 10, 10 of them, you mark my words on this if you do it, 10 of them who say to you they will go in network, won't call anybody else. Five of them won't call anybody. Of the 10 of them who call you, five of them won't go anywhere else. Because at that point, the drama and the whole fucking charade of even having to call you is like overwhelming for them. It's like, oh, fuck this, I ain't going through that again. And, and you think I'm being stupid when I say stuff like that, but you've got no idea how big of a deal it is for somebody to call somebody like us. They've plucked up the courage, they've, they've, they've done all sorts of stuff to get to you. They've had 15 minutes of back and forth with you and they're like, I'm not going through that again. Nowhere. Three months later, 50% of those people would still not have called anybody. And you're actually a better proposition at that point. It's like, hey, are you still suffering? Uh, have you yet? You know, did you experience the dark side? Did you go over? You know, did, you, did you try it? What was it like? Did you get this thing that you said to me you wanted? No, all right, cool. Do you want to come back? It's just the way that uh, it's just the way that it is. So you, that's a better mindset to have for you, which gives you the confidence that you want, because you're putting too much pressure on yourself to think that from the first date you you know you're getting the guy forever or the or the girl forever. It's like it shouldn't be that way, and it's the same with that first phone call. There's too much pressure on front desk people to think you've got to get it right. I've advocated fortunes in the follow up from from day one because I don't need you to say yesterday if I have a, a business that, that is built on the fact that somebody could call me on a whim today, could call me out of frustration, could call me out of just desperation. Do I want you in my clinic tomorrow? What the fuck? Not a chance. No way, because it won't end well. I'd much rather you go, you know what? Hang on, spend a couple of weeks, we'll send you this information, we'll send you a copy of his book, we've got a workshop in a few weeks, or you know, if you might want to consider a discovery visit, I'd like to start you there, I'd like to slow this relationship down. What, you mean you don't want to take my money? No, we don't want to take your money. I, I value you as a person more. I'd rather you come down and have half an hour, 45 minutes on us. Decide for yourself whether or not a good fit. If you want us, say yes. If not, I'll give you the names of three other clinics. How does that sound? And that, that air of confidence is what they're picking up on. And that's what I think you've got to turn around. You know, I don't even know where to start, like with training and. Well, I think like, that's the big thing. It's, it's so overwhelming. In, in, the, in this area, there, like outside of the phone conversation, you now have someone go. You know, like you have to send them somewhere else. It can't just be the phone conversation, and then you say, "All right, well, you know, yeah, I'm going to ring it back up in a week or two and see how things are going." In between that, how is that relationship being held together? You know, where's the bond? Exactly. Right? It ends up with too much pressure on your end because that that background system isn't necessarily existing on a consistent basis. Yeah. You know, it's just it's not spelled out as easily as it could be spelled out for you that's to do. You know, but you need something else fostering that relationship in the background to maintain that evidence. Hundred percent. Maintain the importance of the 
of the transaction information. The bigger you get, the more you want to charge, the more your reputation precedes you, the more that you will need somebody who can spend serious time closing a door, headphones on, notepad in hand. Tell me more, tell me more and tell me more. That will be the gateway to your problems. And to answer your, your uh, reservation over who do I hire and, and how do I train them, follow the process of what's the problem in terms of what are we trying to solve for the business. We're trying to solve the problem that is we're getting strangers calling us who are interested in our service, who don't know that much about us, who have some reservation about paying us when there's a cheaper alternative. That's the problem. I'm not looking for a phone person. I'm not looking for a medical coordinator. I'm looking for somebody who knows how to do that. You put that type of job ad out that says, hey, we're looking for somebody to speak on the phone, talk to strangers, have uncom uh, uncomfortable conversations, take people from complete unknowns to raving fans within 25 minutes, because isn't that what we're looking to do? Somebody who has the courage and the uh, tenacity to call back despite having the phone put down on them. Somebody who doesn't today. So here's, here's what, where, where the breakthrough will go, right? So your, your situation there today, when you're the business owner, you take, you've took that personally, like the very fact that you went one and a half rings, right? You've took that personally and it's like the fucker, right? <laughs> it, it is, right? That's, yeah. what, that's what we do, right? But there's a guy or gal out there who couldn't give a flying fuck, whose job it is just to go, oh, another one, yeah. and another one. And it's like, uh, and who would go, come on, did you ignore me this morning? When you put that phone down on me after one and a half rings, you have a very good excuse. You're either with your wife or I need, you know, like it's that type of, do you get me, right? Mm -hmm. That type of flair, that type of confidence, they just don't care that the phone got dropped after one and a half seconds, because guess why? They're doing it right now all day, every day, and it's happened to them a hundred times a day. And it's like water for ducks back to them. And they're just like, oh, yep. Because their personality, their history of much like you, looking at people, I said this who too recently, you think that, that that guy or gal, right, doesn't exist for somebody who like, doesn't go or become deranged at the fact that like people don't answer their phone, right? It drives you mad when one person does it. That same girl would look at you and go, that same guy would look at you and go, you touch people's feet? You weird? It's all perspective. Me and him have two completely different jobs today, right? He probably looks at me and goes, fuck, he has to stand up in front of people and he has to speak in front of 150 people. And he's like, holy shit, I don't want to do that, right? And I'm, I'm watching him this morning, like chopping up all this footage on iMovie and shit. And I'm going, fuck, I don't want to do that. Like, I do not want to do that. Like, that would drive me mad. And he sat there engaged like shit, chopping it all up and it's going up on podcasts and like getting pride out of it. And I'm going, fucking hell, Jack. Like, but we are both doing the jobs that we're good at, is the point. You need to get somebody who loves and relishes that role, undoubtedly as this business grows, to, to be able to, to do that, who focuses exclusively. And here's the little caveat for you. You're worrying about training them. If you employ the right person, they'll walk in and they'll go, where's the phone? Give me the phone. Give me all of the people in the last 12 months who've dropped off, give me the phone. By the end of the day, I'll free them back on. And you'll go, do you not want a script? And like, yeah, just teach me that later. Just give me the phone right now. I'll figure it out. I'm not, I've done this before. I picked up the phone and rang somebody who didn't want to buy something and got them to bought. How do I know that you've done that? Because I interviewed you for it. It was in a job description that you replied to and it was in a success description that I created. It's all in a book called The Hiring Solution. Literally, if you hire the right people, they come in and they know what they're doing. Your job is to make them better. The, the big problem that most people are having that I see in our world is they're hiring people from scratch to do jobs that they've never done before and then training is a problem, coaching is a problem because you're trying to coach somebody to do something that they've never done before. That's painful. That's like government level shit where there's like 25 fucking people who could train and get involved. Not small business level where it's like, I started you this morning at nine o'clock and I need a bit of an ROI by four because I ain't got a fucking big overdraft. I can't raise taxes on people to sort the shit out when it goes wrong i.e. the government. You've got to recruit people who know they've rode the bull before. I've said it many times. And the training's easy if you've hired the right person. I can fine tune you and I, and I can tweak you and I can give you a little phrase and I can help you understand it over the weeks. 
But what I shouldn't be doing is every Friday having to go, oh, come on, pick up the phone. Or, or here's how you call a patient back. It's like, no, there's the phone. Ring the patient. I'll figure out where you are in relation to where I need you to be according to a script. But wherever you are, you mu you would, your confidence will get you through. Your tenacity will pick up. You, know, you don't need a script. You will eventually to get it better. So you, you're not worrying about that unless you get the hire wrong. And it's the first sign you've got the, the, the wrong hire after two or three weeks where you're like, this is a phone. Like, this is a number. Press this button. Yeah. Press one to dial out. Like, don't mark like that. So you'll, you'll, you'll figure that one out. What's most important is that you recognize you're ready for it. And you recognize you're ready for it when you start to get more of those people calling. That's not a problem. It's a good thing. It's just a new challenge in a growing business. Yeah. Which, again, for many businesses, it's like, oh, this is a problem. It's like, no, no. This is called growing. It's a new set of problems. A new set of people who, who are desperate for help, who just have randomly heard about you, your reputation's preceding you. But your operating system that got you started in the first two years won't get you to the next three years. That's the bigger picture of a business that you need to consider that many don't. 25 years in, what do I always say? 25 years in business, uh -uh. one year in business, 25 times. Same thing over and over and over and over and over again. You're just starting to hit that, that second and third ripple. <laughs> Always does when it's explained, doesn't it? What else? Anybody else? Any specifics? Any questions? Thank you for listening to the Paul Goff Audio Experience. If you like what you hear and you'd like to find out how to convert more cash pay patients at much higher prices, come and join Paul at his two-day annual sales conversions bootcamp happening this December 7-8 in the magical Orlando. You'll learn how to double your treatment room and front desk conversions in just 48 hours. Head on over to paulgoff.com forward slash sales to secure your seat now.